and start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us tonight. A special hello to everybody watching on the video stream. And I'm getting more and more people who listen to the podcast. Our podcast stats are now off the charts. I am getting more downloads for the show than ever before, than ever before. So thank you very much for supporting the show. People consume content in different ways, and I get that. We've got a huge live audience. If you go over to TalkStreamLive.com on any given Sunday night, you'll see us beating out all the big names. I mean, I'm talking about our show many times is above Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, all of those shows are below our show in terms of the number of listeners uh, to the show. And, and some people might say that's not a fair comparison, Jim, because those are replays of those guys and you're live. But get this, even my replays are trending above those guys. So people are starting to notice the show and it's because of you our listeners, our viewers. A lot of people are asking, though, because I talk about the live video feed, how do you watch the live video feed? So there's a lot of places you can watch all of my Facebook pages, my YouTube channel, my Twitter uh, feed has it, my Periscope feed has it, my Daily Motion feed has it. Uh, it's over at uh, uh, Twitch as well. There's about 10 platforms that we're on uh, with a live video. Probably the easiest place to watch it would be on my Twitter feed or over at YouTube, or if you're a friend or a follower on Facebook, it's there as well. And of course, it all connects up at the website christianmoney.com or for specific information just about the radio show and downloads and all of that, go to jimparisradio.com, jimparisradio.com radio.com. All right, tonight we've got our new segment here. You guys know the drill. The first 30 minutes is news. Our special guest tonight in the guest segment is our friend L.A. Marzulli. We wanted to have him back for two reasons. He's got a new film out. We're going to talk to him about that, but I also want to talk to him about the election and what's happening in the news, and I've got a lot to say about that myself here in our new segment. And then this is going to be fun. Next Sunday night, our good friend, Uh, is back Tony Ortega and we love Tony Ortega because he is an expert on Scientology he writes a daily blog about Scientology and uh, you know ever since uh, the Leia Remini show was on for three seasons people can't get enough about Scientology and sort of the expose and the inside stuff that we get from our friend uh, Tony Ortega he will be here next week in the guest segment That is confirmed. A lot of other big guests confirmed coming up uh, to talk about some just incredible stuff. Uh, Regardless of which way the election goes, we've got an incredible lineup for you going into the holiday season. Can you believe I'm saying that going into the holiday season? 
that's it. We're, we're like just a couple months away from Christmas. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We just had a little family meeting talking about uh, Thanksgiving plans and all of that. And here we are, the holidays again. They, they, this, the year seemed to go faster. I don't know. As I'm getting older, it just seems like every year goes faster. But, uh, yep, we're up at the holidays again. And who knows what that's going to be like this year with, with COVID and coronavirus concerns. Uh, what's our, what's uh, our, uh, our guy, Anthony Fauci, is saying uh, that people should do Thanksgiving over Zoom. <laughs> I don't know how that works. I mean, I guess if you could figure out how to pass the mashed potatoes and gravy through the computer, uh, that could work. But uh, a Zoom Christmas, a Zoom Thanksgiving, uh, not for me. All right, before we get into all of our news tonight, tonight's going to be a special show. I've got some unique insights for you tonight on the election, what I'm seeing happening right now, and some concerns that I have uh, just some stuff that happened today that was really bizarre. Uh, but before we get into all of that, tonight's sponsor is VARS. Now, we do the show without commercials. Many of you know when I was with the network for five years, recently I was with the network, we had to break for commercials, 12 minutes of commercials each hour. Wow, that was crazy, but that was my contract. We are now commercial-free. And in order to do that, we just have one quick sponsor at the beginning of each show, and we ask you to help us by patronizing our sponsors. Tonight's sponsor is VARS, the Virtual Asset Retirement System. This is me. I'm sponsoring my own show tonight. This is my online internet business training. If you're looking for a way, I, I cover multiple different ways. I teach you personally how you can create an internet paycheck for life. All the different ways I make money online, I teach you through my course. There are three free lessons there for you. To go even further, we have a $17, uh, we call it a test drive, which gives you the opportunity to get an additional full one-hour lesson, which is an overview of the course if you want to just try it out. But tonight's sponsor, check it out tonight. If you or someone you know is interested in learning to make money on the internet, it's an incredible course. I taught it for years. Stopped doing it about five years ago. It's backed by popular demand. How to make money on the internet. Check it out tonight. VarsTraining.com. That's V like in Victor. A-R-S Training.com. Tonight's sponsor, VarsTraining.com. Dot com. All right, let's get into it tonight. So my wife, Ann, and I, we both voted. I went in on Friday afternoon. Our early voting here in Florida started on Monday of this last week. So I was trying to think, okay, what's the best time to go in? I figured you don't want to go in on Monday. You don't want to go in on the first day. Maybe let it kind of percolate for a few days and come in maybe somewhere in the middle. So I figured Friday would be a good day. And I don't want to go first thing in the morning or during lunchtime. Don't want to do that. I don't want to go towards the end of the day when people are getting off work. So I figured the sweet spot was around 3.30 on Friday. So that's when I went. And uh, according to my friends, I actually was, I did pick a good time according to what my friends told me. Because I only had to wait one hour to early vote. Others I know waited between two and three hours to early vote here in Palm Coast, Florida. My wife decided to go today. The polls were open today for early voting on Sunday. She got in there around 11 o'clock. 
she was able to vote after waiting for one hour. Um, I have to tell you, though, and this is totally unscientific, but I want to tell you, as I look through that line of people, I just got the sense there's a lot of Trump people there. Uh, you're not allowed to like, you know, talk about, you're not allowed to do any type of promotions or whatever. So most people weren't really talking politics. I didn't hear anybody talking politics. I saw one person with a Trump 2020 mask on, which they allowed them to come in and wear that mask. So that was the only outward sign I saw, but I just got the sense looking at the, the line of people I was standing in that I was among Trump people for the most part. And I have to tell you, I went up to St. Augustine this week. I went into little to the little tourist zone. If you've ever been to downtown historic St. Augustine, there's a little tourist area called St. George street. And one of my good friends uh, owns some gift shops over there. And I ran into him and he sells some of the Trump uh, merchandise at his shop. And I asked him, I was just kidding with him. I said, Hey, do you sell any Biden uh, merchandise. And he said, Oh yeah, we do. He says, I, I sell the Biden merchandise as well. I said, well, how much do you sell? Like what's the ratio between the Trump merchandise and the Biden? And he said to me, 10 to one Trump, 10 to one Trump. And I can tell you, as I've been driving around town here in Palm coast, Florida, which tends to lean more Republican. So this really doesn't come as any surprise. I'm seeing more and more Trump signs, Many, many more than I'm seeing of Biden. And that also goes to into the whole, you know, scenario that a lot of people are afraid to put the Trump sign out on the front lawn. I decided not to do it. Call me a chicken. Um, I don't need any more attention at my house. I have a lot of security at my house um, because I'm a public person. I just don't need <laughs> I don't need any more issues. So I basically I sort of keep a low profile. And I don't put uh, election signs out on my lawn for anybody. I just don't do it. Um, but a lot of people in particular are concerned about putting a Trump sign out because they don't want that attention. And uh, people can be nasty uh, if you're pro-Trump. It doesn't seem to work the other way, though. You don't hear you don't hear at all about Biden signs being taken down or people having their their cars damaged or their homes damaged over having a Biden sign. It's just the difference between conservatives and liberals uh, in that conservatives generally don't engage in that kind of thing. I mean, if you want to have a Biden sign up, uh, God bless you. You can do that. Um, all right. So I'm also looking at these crowd sizes. And I don't know if you've seen any of these Obama events. Both uh, Biden and Obama are doing these drive in style campaign events. And it's really interesting when you look at the camera shot. Now, I I'm into photography big time. I do a lot of photography, especially video work. I do my own. I uh, I took some of those kind of classes when I was in uh, high school. I was involved with the TV channel and uh, in college. I got involved a little bit with uh, videography and and camera work. But now, you know, that's what I do. I, I produce videos you're watching right now. You're watching me on video. This is all produced in my own in-home studio and you can make things look how you want to through a camera lens. Let me just say that. And one of the things, one of the tricks that you see happening is they are, they are filming uh, up close to Biden and Obama and they're doing the front uh, view. They're not filming them from behind. So you can see how few people are showing up. 
uh, I'm hearing stories of like 30, 35 cars showing up for some of these Obama appearances and even less for Biden. Now, I know this is anecdotal evidence, but aren't polls anecdotal evidence? I mean, they're just sampling sometimes a few hundred people, maybe a thousand people. But when you look at the tens of thousands of thousands of thousands that are showing up for these Trump rallies, even where Trump himself is not there, I'm, I'm seeing pictures of massive crowds of people gathering, even where it's not that Trump is there. It's just the people are gathering to, to show support for Trump. These these uh, boat parades that are going on. There was a big uh, car parade that took place today in New York City. You know, I am really growing more and more skeptical of these polls saying that Biden is out by 10 points, up by 15 points. I, I just I can't believe it. I, I just I just cannot believe it. Now, I have to tell you, though, uh, like a lot of people, I I've been feeling a lot of anxiety lately and maybe I'm maybe it's just me. But some weird stuff happened to me today. And I want to kind of give you a rundown on it. And then I sort of had an epiphany a little bit later this afternoon when I was thinking about it. So I rode my motorcycle today to church like I do a lot of Sundays, beautiful morning. So I did it. And uh, man, was I seeing some strange things. Uh, Saw someone just completely blow through a stop sign. Didn't even slow down, completely blow through a stop sign. I'm sitting at a red light. Uh, behind uh, a really nice uh, Mercedes convertible. So there's the red light, there's a Mercedes convertible, and then there's me on my motorcycle. The guy in front of me, all of a sudden, I see his his reverse lights go on, and he starts backing up. I mean, backing up into my motorcycle. And I'm thinking, where am I going to go? <laughs> I don't have a reverse gear on my motorcycle. And then he, then he finally realizes I'm behind him, and there's a bunch of cars behind me, and then he stops. I'm like, you know, what's this guy thinking? So a couple people just stop in the middle of the road. Like I'm driving and all of a sudden they just stop like in the middle of the road. They don't even pull off to the side. They're just confused and they just stop. Um, just some strange, uh, strange driving. Uh, I'm driving in my Jeep this afternoon. Someone crosses over, completely crosses over the double yellow line Now, this is on a a side street, a 45-mile-per-hour side street. They completely cross the double yellow line, and now they're in my lane coming straight at me. I'm not kidding you. They they adjusted at the, the last second and then looked up at me and waved, and they're wearing a Joker mask and sunglasses. And I just shook my head, and I'm just thinking, what in the world is going on? So I'm talking to my wife about this tonight at dinner and I had this epiphany. Um, this is how people act around here before a hurricane. This is why those people that have lived in Florida for a long time will tell you it's not the hurricane that will kill you. It's usually uh, the people, how they're driving around before the hurricane and after the hurricane and stupid stuff like trying to uh, you know, go out in the street and deal with like a down power line. So it's not the hurricane that kills you. It's like this stupid stuff from stupid people before and after in particular the driving. So in my own household, we kind of have a policy when there's a hurricane coming, 
we're off the roads like at least 24 hours beforehand. We have everything we need. We're hunkered down. We're off the roads. So I'm telling my wife this, and, and, it, and it hit me about the hurricane. Like, this is exactly how people drive around here when there's a hurricane coming. People are acting, and, and I was thinking about this. We're talking about this at dinner, and I, I, I believe, and I, I'm reading articles, people are stocking up on survival supplies, um, ammunition, guns, all of this at record levels. You know, I think people are gearing up for what they fear to be the worst, kind of the perfect storm. And, you know, my fears have been for weeks now about a contested election. You know, that is the election is too close to call or there's some funny business going on, strange things happening like what happened in the 2000 election with Bush and Gore. And I thought, man, we don't want that. We don't want one of these super tight contested elections because who knows what's going to happen. Um, but then I started thinking about it a little bit more and I thought, you know, it's not just that. I think people are starting to believe that no matter what happens a week from Tuesday, that we're going to have trouble no matter what happens. Because I thought, well, look, if we get a clear winner one way or the other, whether it's Biden or Trump, then we're not going to have trouble. But I'm hearing more and more that the Democrats are not going to accept Trump no matter what. And I believe that they probably have some things up their sleeves to try and cause uh, you know, a problem, to try to challenge the election no matter what. And we do know that Hillary has gone on record telling Joe Biden, do not concede under any circumstances. Can you believe that the Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, everything is done, all of the procedural votes, all she's gotten out of committee, all the procedural votes, all the steps have taken place. And I'm still reading about the Democrats are still trying to stop the final vote tomorrow. They're engaged in all kinds of things. People say they might be on the cap in capital in the capital at midnight, uh, middle of the night, trying to do maneuvers to try to stop her nomination. This is what I'm talking about. And I think that people are people are anticipating that there's going to be trouble. And one of the things that concerns me, we already know that social media has been taking sides. You know, they completely blacked out this whole uh, Hunter Biden laptop story, right? Well, now what we know, social media is coming out warning, warning us that they will be blocking content after the election. In particular, they're going to be blocking any content that is claiming victory for one side or the, or, or the other. Um, that's what they claim. You know, of course, I don't believe that for a minute that they're going to, um, be looking at this, uh, independently or unbiased in an unbiased way. I, I mean, I think this is clearly, if, let's say Trump wins. Basically what they're saying is until they, they agree until they decide until the Facebook and their fact checkers decide it's okay, and Twitter and their fact checkers decide it's okay, that Trump's not going to be allowed to be on social media saying he won. They're planning like a blackout of social media to take place. And 
it just gives me chills even even talking about this because this is the United States of America. This is the kind of thing you think about if you live in China or Venezuela or some, something like that. I mean, the idea that this is going to happen here, that literally they're, they're going to shut down the social media to prevent the, uh, you know, the announcement of a winner. Um, man, it's it, it's it concerns me, especially with the recent track record that we're seeing with Twitter and Facebook. And uh, man, oh, man, I'm telling you, it's um, it's a different world we're living in. And who knows, you know what the media is going to do. We saw what they did last time. Right now, they did not expect that Trump could win last time and they were all caught with their pants down. Uh, that's not a reference to Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> okay. Uh now, um this time I think that they're thinking maybe all the polls could be wrong again and maybe we could be wrong again and maybe Trump could win and I think they're preparing for a Trump possible win and I don't know what they're going to do. Um uh, but I can tell you this if there's any dog ate my homework left field story that Biden or the Democrats can come up with, I think they're going to do it. Um on the other hand, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. I know Trump would not want to lose, but I personally believe that if Trump were to convincingly lose and it was an honest loss, I think he would accept the loss and be a gentleman about it. I really do. I really believe he would. And I'm going to go on record right now and say this tonight, and I hope you'll join me in saying this, and I'm going to post this on my social media if Joe Biden wins a week from Tuesday, I will accept his win, assuming assuming it's legitimate. I will accept him as the president. I will pray for him. I will wish him the best and hope for his success. The same thing I did for Obama. It doesn't mean I won't be here every Sunday night criticizing him when I disagree with him. Um, but I think that's our obligation as Christians. And that's our obligation as Americans that we do that. Um, but yet I don't think that is where we're headed. Um, I do find this other story very interesting. Laura Loomer, who's been a guest on this show. I think we've had her a couple of times. We've tried to get her back. We, we, for some reason, can't get a rebook. So Laura, if you're listening, we'd love to have you back, whether you win the election or not. Laura is running for Congress in West Palm beach, Florida. And what's interesting about this is if she were to win and get into Congress, she would be the first deplatformed American to actually become a Congress person, to, to be a representative in Congress, a Congresswoman. And I find that interesting. I have all kinds of questions. For example, as a sitting member of Congress, would Twitter and Facebook and all the social media, YouTube, everyone that has shut her off, would they turn her accounts back on? And if not, how could they explain keeping a, I mean, well, they shut the, uh, <laughs> they shut off the white house's Twitter account recently for uh, tweeting, retweeting that uh, Hunter Biden story. So I guess they could, they could keep her shut off, but I think this will bring more pressure onto the social media platforms. Um, but I have to tell you this, I really think that regardless of how this election goes, I think history will look back and we'll see this election as the end of free speech as we've known it as a country. 
and really the death of legitimate news media in America. And I know that's been a long time coming. I know we've had the left-leaning news for a while. This is not some new phenomenon. I know Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, everybody talks about the left-leaning media. But I don't think we've ever seen this before, where literally this blockbuster story about the Hunter Biden laptop is completely blocked out. And what I find fascinating is these young people, like Jack Dorsey, the guy that runs Twitter, they're just not very smart. I mean, they might be smart with computers, but there is something called the, the Streisand effect. And the Streisand effect is when you try to, what Barbara Streisand did, she got involved with a controversy years ago. We won't get into it uh, tonight, but she, she went all over the news media uh, trying to deny it, trying to get newspapers to stop covering the story. And it became known as the Streisand effect. That is, when you try to block a story, the unintended consequences are that the story ends up becoming bigger. And that's exactly what these uh, clowns did. They they tried to block the Hunter Biden story and everybody wants a piece of the forbidden fruit. So it's like, oh, uh, Twitter's blocking this story. I wonder what it is. I mean, so this they're not very bright by blocking these stories, but it just really does show. Uh, and, and we've got virtually no coverage in the mainstream media of the Hunter Biden laptop. I think that no matter what happens, I really believe that history will look back at this time as as a true beginning uh, of our loss of freedom of speech because of what's happening with the social media platforms. And I also think uh, really uh, the end of an unbiased, neutral media. Um, it's just it's it's a shame. But but I, I think that's the reality. Uh, this was interesting. CNN's Van Jones, uh, who, of course, was part of the Obama administration. Van Jones has been attacked by liberals for saying, quote, Trump has done good stuff for the black community. Uh, see, this is one of the problems, and, and this is why these commentators uh, on CNN have no credibility because they can't say anything good about Trump. Nothing. I mean, it would be more credible, wouldn't it, to say, well, here's a couple of things we do like about Trump. You know, he reformed uh, the prisons. He kept us out of war. He brought our troops home. You know, there are things liberals should like, historically would like, you know, for example, uh, not getting us into any foreign entanglements, trying to negotiate with uh with uh, Korea, North Korea, so that we don't get into a war, getting us out of these wars overseas. These are things liberals would like. Prison reform, uh, letting nonviolent criminals out, all of these things. These are things uh, that you normally would see liberals applauding, but they can't because it's Trump. So even though the black unemployment rate, for example, hit historical lows, we can't give Trump credit for that. We can't give him credit for anything. So uh, Van Jones, being an African-American, probably thought he could say some positive things about Trump. And as an honest contributor to a talk show, you think you would say, well, look, here's like three or four positive things. And then here are 25 negative things. At least that would sound a little bit credible. And Van Jones thought he could get away with that, being that he himself is black, but not the case. Uh, he, he's being absolutely lambasted by liberals for simply saying Trump has, quote, done some good things uh, for the black community. Uh, New York City's 
hotel occupancy rate, get this, has crashed down to almost 10%. I am not kidding you. That means 90% of the hotel rooms in New York City are empty. And according to the story I read today, it's no longer about current losses and trying to you know operate with a skeleton crew. We're looking at within a matter of weeks, within a matter of weeks, by the end of the year, many of the largest, uh, you know, biggest well-known uh, chains in New York City, those $500, $1,000 a night hotels are going to be closing for good forever, forever. And New York City is completely dying, completely dying. And by the way, if you want to get it, the governor of New York has a new book out uh, congratulating himself about how well he did on the COVID crisis. And I'm not kidding you. I posted this on Facebook and people thought it was Babylon B. They did. And I, I, I had to update my post and say, no, this is real. And it, I'm not kidding you. If you go to Amazon, you can see the book. It's, it, it's titled American Crisis. The, the author is Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York. And it says, leadership lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic. And he's got this look on the cover like he is like he's branded himself now as this leader that we should all follow. So you've got New York City uh, is basically the only thing I can think of is, you know, that scene in the Planet of the Apes where Charlton Heston, he's back in New York, doesn't realize where he is. He, he's back in New York and he sees the, the Statue of Liberty laying on its side and there's nothing else there. I think that's what New York pretty much looks like right now. And, and the Democrats are slapping themselves on the back that they did such a wonderful job. And then you've got uh, how many thousands of people were sent into the nursing homes by Governor Cuomo were forced to go into the nursing homes, which uh, has killed uh, somewhere between eight and 10,000 people. Are, their deaths are directly attributed to that uh, policy. And in fact, the, uh, uh, f- the news uh, anchor on Fox News, Janice Dean, she lost two relatives because of that and is leading a group of, of people who also lost relatives because of that flawed policy of Governor Cuomo. Uh, she's, uh, law, that group is getting together. I think a lawsuit is coming if it's not already been filed. Uh, but this is how, this is how they roll. You know, even when they fail, uh, they put out a book congratulating themselves how great they are. All right. We're going to take a one minute break. We'll be back with our great friend, L.A. Marzuli. He'll be with us to talk about his new movie and also we'll have him weigh in on current events. L.A. Marzuli is here. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. 